Hello again, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, Jeff Ekstrom alongside my co-host, Luke Mullen. And Luke, it is one of the best times of the year. The sun is out. It is shining. Perfect weather. Maybe a little too hot. But nonetheless, it is state tournament season. Spring sports are coming to an end, and all the state tournaments are here in about a two-week span. It's chaos, but it's good chaos. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I mean, you, you think about these senior athletes, too, and they're graduating. There's a ton of stuff going on. You know, family, school, athletics. It is a busy, uh, busy sprint to the, to the end of May, last couple of weeks here. But, as you mentioned, really fun time, um, especially if you're – if you're still competing right now, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves. Yeah, we're right now in the middle of state soccer. Baseball starts on Friday. State track gets underway next week. So it's all coming together very quickly. And we have all of that covered here on this episode. It is the official state tournament preview of all the spring sports, as well as wrapping up uh, what happened in districts last week and how we got to the state tournaments. And, Luca, it's a big episode, so let's hop right in and let's start uh, with soccer in the class b districts that went on we already went over uh class a and we'll get into that field a little later on but in class b nothing really went on the wayside for either of the top teams seeds number one through six won all their games uh both on the boys and girls side yeah definitely i mean we were looking at some of those and trying to pull off some uh, some upset alerts uh but it didn't really come to fruition obviously on on the boys' side, you had the the top seeds one to seven all getting uh, getting their bursts, and and Ralston there, the number eight seed, fell one out to Mount Michael uh, there in the B eight district final. And yeah, pretty similar on the girls' side, uh, some big wins there for for some of the top seeds. Again, uh, one to seven all all picking up wins, and even Omaha Mercy uh, number eight seed there falling three two to Elkhorn North. So very similar uh, on both sides. Uh, Definitely most deserving teams there go to state. They did a great job all year to get themselves in that position to to be the top seed and showed it again there at the district championships. We will talk about more soccer a little later on as they are already underway in the last couple of days at Morrison Stadium. But Luke, let's recap what happened in district baseball and a lot of things happened, especially in Class A, but let's start there. All the six district hosts did win. But it was very, very entertaining how we got there. Millard West, Creighton Prep, and Millard South were the three others that were relatively comfortable in their uh, district titles. Yep, top three seeds, and all did a great job of of getting through it. I think Prep had the toughest route having to beat Papio South 8-5 in that district final. Um, But yeah, Millard South, Millard West, those two teams that were competing for a state title last year, just total... Uh, baseball powerhouses obviously prep in in the same conversation but yeah they they did a great job uh, just kind of rolling through that district taking care of business where they needed to and then you go down further down the list and Lincoln East who made the state tournament a year ago but beat Omaha Westside in that district final six to one and uh, it's their first district title in a decade Luke I mean it's been a while uh, but Lincoln East up there getting state second straight year yeah huge huge things happening there at Lincoln East you know really I gotta give a Shout out to Coach Michael Lonick and his entire coaching staff that he has up there. I believe his his fourth year with East um, has just done a, a completely phenomenal job transforming that program into really kind of the powerhouse here in Lincoln that we've seen the last couple of years. Um, just the the talent level throughout that program. Division one commits. They've got freshmen committing. I mean, they have 
plenty and plenty of young players there, uh, up and coming, ready to make a an impact. But for now, it's it's those seniors, those experienced players uh, that helped get it done. Six one over Westside, great Westside team, uh, big win there at home, and you could kind of tell from the celebrations it was it was something that they've been working forward to uh, for a long time and, and did a great job to secure that state berth. And when we talk about that chaos, that really began in A5. Lincoln Pius X in the district semifinal upset the number two seed Gretna 8-3 and then would go on to face Elkhorn South in the district championship. They would push the storm, uh, but Elkhorn South would prevail 12-7. to But the Thunderbolts uh, creating some chaos there in the A5. Yeah, that was fantastic to see for a, a Pius team that was kind of just hovering around 500 the whole season. Uh, you know, I, I always thought that they would probably be a tough team to beat in districts but I thought it was because of their small ball I thought you know they're they're pitching they'd keep the scores low and you know put it put together some tough results but the bats came out I mean 15 runs in two games uh, does a great job against some of those top pitching staff so yeah beating a very good Gretna team and you know the Elkhorn South game that was close for probably about four or five innings uh, the storm only pulled away there at the end so Great showing from Pius there to end the year will will help him have a lot of momentum there into Legion Ball. And then you go to the last district, which you talk about the top three seeds were just absolutely loaded. The top seed, Lincoln Southeast, snuck by Columbus. Um, really tight game there, and that was um, 2-0. And then uh, the other side of the bracket, Kearney and North Star. North Star won at 2-0, so it's an all-Lincoln district final, but Southeast walks it off 3-2 to go to the state. And to me, this was the most surprising score lines of any district. I mean, I I looked at that Southeast North Star District final, and I mean, I would have never thought in a million years it'd be 3-2. I'm thinking like 10-9, you know, some high-scoring game, because those two teams, they've done a great job uh, swinging the bats the last couple of years. But obviously, you get to that, that district final, and it's a, a whole different ball game. You know, your whole season's there on the line. So shout-out to North Star pitcher Cam Tynert through a gem there to lead them past Kearney and the entire Navigator pitching staff. I mean, Kearney and Southeast holding those teams to a total of three runs with the extra innings. I mean, 16 innings of ball. I mean, that is just a, a lights-out way to end the year. But, you know, credit to that Southeast team. They've done a great job just being clutch, battling back. Doesn't matter if they're down. Um, you know, obviously not a, a huge deficit in this one, but you need you need those players to step up in, in late-game situations if you want to make it to state if you want to be a competitive team there. Uh, so good to see the Knights step up and make it back to state. Definitely one of those historic Lincoln programs, but but missed out the last couple of years. And that shaped up for some interesting scenarios with the wild card. Gretna would have been in a position for the wild card if it had beat Pius, but that did not happen. So the Bearcats in Omaha Westside take the wild card spots. Uh, Westside, they've been in the state tournament plenty of times. Cardi, I believe they're second or third i know they were the eight seed in their first year as a program um but no they make it back to state those two teams grab the wild card yeah carney they've been a, a couple times obviously yeah. since joining in the spring um and it, it was kind of an interesting one obviously they were the top number two seed there in the a6 district but i mean they they lost that first round game that easily could have sunk them if if some of the other results didn't go their way obviously as as you mentioned gretna would have been in position as that number two a number two seed there in the A5, but it was Westside with the the first round win there in A4, and then losing to East, they had just enough on the wild card points to to get it done and qualify. It's always crazy, you know. You, you play what you know, 24, 25 games throughout the year, and 
at the end of the things, you're going down to a tenth, you know, a, a hundredth <laughs> of a point, depending on your season. So, you know, congrats to those two teams doing enough during the regular season. So that is the field, and we will preview that state tournament that begins on Friday here in a little bit. Let's continue, though, with Class B and go down there, Luke, and that's when a lot of interesting things happened. Only two of the six district hosts won their tournament, and that was Norris in B1 and Elkhorn North in B4. Yeah, which is which is just crazy. I mean, I think going into that Class B field, I had an idea that it was not going to go chalk. Uh, that there there might be a couple upsets in there, but I mean, seeing only two of the six district hosts is is pretty incredible, and even more striking, I think, is that two of those district hosts lost in the first round uh, to a number four seed, which is you know just incredible to to show off the depth there of Class B. You know, it wasn't like they all just lost in the final to the number two seed. I mean, these were one to four. You know, it didn't matter what your seed was. These these districts were all very very competitive. And let's go through those upsets. Waverly took down Omaha Scott, who's been near the top of the ladder the entire season, 4-2. to two. Hastings beat Central City um, before Elkhorn won 6-1 to one in the district final, so the Antlers are going back to state. Omaha Rancali upset Bennington, but Omaha Gross won the final over uh, the Crimson 2-1. Uh, to one. And then Beatrice, the defending state champion, beat Platte Valley in that wide-open B6 district, 6-1. to one. Yeah, great. Great results from a bunch of those teams. You know, got a shout-out Peyton Angle there from Waverly. Um, you know, that's a, a Viking team that played a very difficult schedule during the regular season. And really going into districts, you know, I had a I had a feeling that it was, it was going to hurt them a lot. I mean, they got a really tough district draw there, um, you know, having to play Scott on the road. Uh, but, you know, that, that's a team with a ton of quality that I think is probably up there with the top 10 teams in Class B. I've had them ranked for much of the season, so... Seeing them put together a gem of a game and, and take down one of those top state contenders, uh, congrats to that Vikings program for coming together uh, and picking up that big win. And then those other two, I mean, you look at Hastings beating Central City and Roncalli, you know, upsetting Bennington. I mean, those are both number four seeds there in their district teams that had picked up quite a few losses. Uh, Hastings was a state tournament team last year. Roncalli has been very strong, but really kind of rebuilding years for both of those programs. But Man, they came up big when it mattered most. And, you know, Hastings, they took down Central City. They had their ace, Kale Jensen, on the mound. Took that all the way to, to extra innings. It came away with the win. Um, too bad for them that, that Elkhorn beat them the next day to end that kind of Cinderella run. But I got to shout out the Antlers, too. I mean, they started the year pretty much 1-9 and nine or, or, you know, maybe 2-10. and 10. It was something really concerning like that where you're going, okay, you know, you, you got a lot of new players. You got to get them up to speed. But it's looking looking really difficult for your season but man they have just put it together uh, had a great run in the emc tournament really came on strong and they'll be a team to watch there at state uh you know the, the other two rounding that out omaha gross they've been in the top 10 all year so it would have been a really tough game against bennington um but it was just as tough against ron collie 2-1 i mean two teams pretty close there in omaha know each other pretty well uh so that was a tight one and then got to feel bad i think really for Platte valley there in that b6 because you get drawn against, you know, that toughest number two seed, and you're thinking, well, you know, there, there's no guarantees with the wild card. But, I mean, still, as as long as at least two of those district hosts above them didn't lose, they'd be in a very strong position. And instead, the whole the whole thing goes crazy, and, and they're sitting out there missing out the defending state champs back to state. Uh, so, yeah, wild card spots going to Omaha Scott, number two, and Central City, number four in those points. 
Bennington at number five, very strong position. You'd feel really, uh, uh, really confident, and I think that you'd get that spot ultimately if you told them they were number five. But they miss out. So does Platte Valley at number seven. So very crazy uh, finish to that Class B regular season. Some disappointments, but also some uh, Cinderella runs coming in the Class B tournament. I I think that kind of leaves it wide open a little bit, Luke, uh, looking at those stats um, and those results. So we'll preview again that a little later on, but it's going to be a very good Class B state tournament. Uh, But let's officially begin our state tournament previews by hopping into soccer. That has been going on the past few days over at Morrison Stadium on the site of of Creighton University uh, in Omaha. Love that stadium, by the way. Way. It's a fantastic atmosphere. We've had a couple of games uh, that's already been very, very good. But let's start in Class A girls, Luke, and go through some of those uh, matchups. Some of those, that's already gone on, so semifinals are set. So let's run through the results. Number one, Gretna, who's been the heavy favorite throughout the year, needs overtime, though, to beat Elkhorn South 2-1, to one, but they're headed to the semis, Luke. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's been a while since, you know, Gretna's even allowed a goal in. So, I mean, that was... Uh... A surprise, I think, to be sure in that that opening round game, Gretna still dominated out on shots, twenty to four, uh, outpacing Elkhorn South there. But the Storm, you know, they they got a penalty kick to equalize the score, you know, make it one one. You really need something like there, uh, something like that at state to, you know, take down that top team. But Gretna got a PK of their own there in in extra time. Uh, London Defini with the penalty kick goal to put them up two one. And survive in advance, go on to the next round. Uh, you know, they, they did what they needed to, but definitely, uh, I think, a little bit of a wake-up call there for Gretna. Yeah. Uh, and then you move to the 4-5 in Lincoln South. It's an all-city matchup, Lincoln Southwest against Lincoln East, and it was the Silverhawks who dominated their rival 3-0, including a couple of goals from Charlie Court. Uh, yeah, just domination from the Silverhawks. They're head back to the semifinals. Absolutely. I mean, that was... a. Uh, a game that we probably had our eyes on here as, you know, a, a Lincoln publication. We really were interested to see uh, what would kind of happen in that one. We got a full day of Class A girls action there from the, the capital city, but that was the big matchup. You know, there's two city teams going up against each other. And, yeah, three, three goals for that Southwest team. You know, great job to their attack. But I've been saying it all year. I think Alexa Goble there for Southwest, she's one of the best keepers in the entire state. And she made six saves in that one, you know, a couple – couple shots you know maybe go east way early on and it wouldn't have been 3-0 but she does a great job you know keeping those clean sheets and that's going to be a, a very interesting matchup there in the semifinals in the 2-7 uh, Lincoln Southeast the two seed relied on its defense in a 1-0 win over Omaha West Side and as much as we talked about uh, Southeast putting on some goals the last couple weeks it's her defense that shined another shutout absolutely I mean 1-0 and obviously it was a, a tight tight game throughout the way and we, I just spoke about Alexa Goble well how about another goalkeeper uh, Samea Hogg uh, made nine saves there uh, to keep keep Southeast in the game and, and really just make sure that uh, Westside would not be able to break through and get that chance um, you know obviously dramatic dramatic win you know there in, in overtime uh, the first overtime period there that Southeast broke through uh, Sidney Wetlofer with the score on a, a corner kick so Really fine margins. You get that goal off a corner. I mean, really could have gone either way, but you get a big performance from your goalie. And and as we mentioned that first one, I mean, that goes a long, long way in in making sure you're set up for a chance down the stretch. Yeah, that's just the thing about state tournaments. Every single thing is magnified, and every single little thing can matter. And that's what makes postseason great. 
Um, and uh, that continued with a good game uh, in the following matchup in the 3-6. Uh, Omar Marion, who's been dominant force at State, they take down number 6 Pius 5-3 to in a thriller to move on to the semis. And I feel like this game is a good chance just to talk about the weather conditions yeah. that these teams are playing at at the state tournament. Uh, because we've, we've spoken quite a bit about the weather, um, just how it's been windy, it's been cold, it's been all over, up and down, all over the place. And we finally get to state tournament soccer week, and suddenly these teams have been playing in you know 50-degree weather all season. They're thrown into an 80, 90-degree just sweat your tails off i mean you need water breaks throughout each of these halves um you know stay in the shade when you can i mean it is a real test to these teams fitness and i think you know that that nightcap you see an eight goal score line and i i think you know those teams are probably a little bit tired they're running on gas at the end of the game um and you know just having the chance for those offensive players to attack some space and and really show their show their stuff so we got to give a shout out to all you uh, state soccer athletes braving the conditions and and really putting it all on the line there. So, you know, great great job for Pius. I mean, they were up there in the lead twice. Uh, Abby Vacek and and Kate Vacek they've been so so key to the, to this team all year, and they were up there with the goals. But you know, Marion, it's crazy. Usually known, I think, for for more of their defense than their attack, mm-hmm. but they came together when they needed to. Uh, Sophia De George with some big goals there in that one. And they, they got it done 5-3. Obviously, you know, going in, we thought they were going to be right up there with Gretna. So still on track for a potential final matchup between those teams. Especially give a shout-out to the Class B boys who are going to play in 97-degree weather Yikes. on Thursday. Uh, this episode will be released after that, but still. Too hot, in my opinion, but we are already close to uh, we're already close to summer anyway. Um, but let's look. Let's go down now to Class A boys, which happened on Tuesday night, and man, we had some good ones. Uh, but number one, Gretna, uh, comfortable in a four-one win over Millage South there in the one-eight. Definitely, yeah. No, that's a, a great great result for that Gretna team. A little bit different, you know, obviously than what the girls' team went through. Uh, you know, both those number one seeds, a great year for for soccer up there in Gretna, but uh, Michael Stuckin holds two goals in a three-minute stretch there early in the second half. Uh, Brett Perkins and McGuire Perkins with the other two goals there for Gretna. Didn't quite dominate the shots as much as their girls did. did just uh, 13-7 there over Miller South. It was a, a lot wider margin there on the girls' side, but great job converting their chances, and Gretna on to the state semifinals for the fourth year in a row there on the boys' side. I think Boys and girls, that streak's probably yeah. going to be extending for a little while. I would say Gretna fans are going to have to continue to travel down to yep. Morrison for those semis. Uh, in the 4-5, uh, it's a little opposite of the girls' game. It was this time, number 5, Lincoln East, blanking their rival, number 4, Lincoln Southwest, 3-0. It's a little surprising result, uh, Luke. I mean, I thought Southwest was in prime position. Obviously, East is a very good opponent as well, but 3-0, doesn't, that doesn't seem typical. Oh, definitely. I think I think when these teams played during the regular season, I think it was a one zero game. Yeah. It was it was very tight, and obviously we we thought probably the same would happen there at state. You know, great Southwest team, a lot of strength in defense, but I think East did a great job in that game, just kind of jumping on the chances they had, staying aggressive throughout, uh, and putting them away when they needed to. Johnny Hosh and Aiden Naki uh, with the first two goals there. Uh, for Lincoln East, and and they did a great job, just in quick succession, and really hard to take it back from there for Southwest. Had a great year, you know, making it back to state with that uh, new look team, a lot of new players there coming in. But for Lincoln East, that's huge. 
Uh, shout out, this stat comes from our Brent Wagner, who's been there providing the coverage. First time since 2008 that two Lincoln boys teams played each other at the state mm-hmm. tournament. So not a common occurrence. It's been a while, and it was a, a great win for East there to come away with the, the city win at state. So it will be Gretna and Lincoln East in the semi. On the other side of the bracket, that's where things went wild. Big upset in the two versus seven. Number seven, Omaha Westside, upset number two, Creighton Prep, 1-0 in a shootout. That one went all the way down to the wire. And the Warriors, who has had some very good success the last couple of years at state, upset the Junior Jays and go to the semis. Crazy, crazy result. I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad, I guess, that we're recording this uh, <laughs> a day into the tournament because if we if we did before, I might have very well predicted uh, prep to win it all. But it's crazy, you know. We we mentioned a couple episodes ago. There's always there are always some upsets there at the the state tournament that make you go, hmm. You know, I didn't see that coming, and we definitely got that on on this side of the bracket. And I, I mentioned to you, I think a, a week or two ago, when prep played Morris uh, Westside there at Morrison. The kicks for your care game, prep got up early, and you know they just defended for pretty much the entirety of the game. Westside put the pressure on them. I mean, it was a a great kind of state tournament atmosphere, and we got really kind of the same thing. Yeah. I think in this matchup, zero zero teams could really not break that gridlock. Uh, as a prep alum, I could say I've seen way too many uh, scoreless <laughs> state soccer games after you know the the team scores two or three goals a game all year. But state, it's different, and I mean, you you get to that shootout, and it is. It is a high pressure situation. I mean, don't do not in, envy any of those uh, kick takers. Obviously, the goalies could come up huge, but I know a couple shots from Prep in that uh, shootout just didn't quite hit the target, and that's all it took for for Westside to come away with the huge win over their rivals, uh, one that they're going to be celebrating here. Well, they will face. Omaha Bryan, again, another upset as the Bears, number six, uh, beat number three, Papio South, three to two. And Luke, that was quite an impressive game. Bryan uh, tied it up with less than five minutes to go. Their whole, it seemed like their whole community was there cheering them on. It was a packed Morrison Stadium, a great nightcap that resulted in the Bears going to the semis. Yeah, huge, huge from Bryan. I mean, they, they've kind of been that team, you know, you, you don't want to say Cinderella team because they've earned it you know they picked up those wins but with that win advanced to their first state semifinal in school history I think a lot of people are very happy for them uh you know to see a a great talented you know senior class come together uh, and just create something for that whole school community to cheer about is just fantastic there at the end so yeah I mean battling back from you know being down um, and you know making sure that you go all the way to uh, the shootout Cesar Hernandez Garcia with those goals for for Brian there in regulation. So congrats to him for, for helping his team out there. And, you know, huge win over Papio South, two great teams. And, you know, seeing that semifinal match at Brian Westside, that's going to be an exciting one. Uh, played two times during the regular season, and each team won one. Mm-hmm. So expect it to be pretty evenly balanced. Well, that rubber match, uh, that uh, first kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. on Friday, while Gretna takes on Lincoln East at 5.30. So those ones are back to back. Um, so those are the semis for the Class A boys. And now let's go down to Class B. Luke will start on the girls' side. We'll go through each half of the bracket. Uh, the top half, you have number one, Omaha Scott, taking on number eight, Elkhorn North. Then number four, Columbus Scotus, taking on number five, Northwest. Yeah, um, you know, so, some great matchups in that one. Uh, Scotus Northwest, I think, looks very, very even. Um, you know, some great players in there for Scotus this year. Northwest having a great year. 
uh, teams qualify on both the boys and girls side. So that'll be an exciting couple days for them at Morrison Stadium. But really excited to see what Elkhorn North can do to challenge that Scott team. Uh, played just a couple weeks ago during the regular season, a 3-1 win for Scott. And that's, you know, that's one of their closer Class B games, another team that they played very close in in the regular season. Duchenne is also there in the state tournament field. So be interesting for that top seed, Scott, to see, you know, is it that level of dominance that we saw from the Gretna boys? You know, is it a, another 3-1, 4-1 win? Or is it like the Gretna girls where you really got to sweat for it and dig deep and go, okay, this is, you know, this is state tournament time now. Uh, and then on the bottom half of the bracket, number two, Norris, takes on number seven, Lincoln Lutheran slash Raymond Central. And on the other side of that is number three, Omar Duchenne, against number six, Bennington. Quick fact uh, for the city of Lincoln, that's uh, Lincoln Lutheran and Raymond Central. That's the sixth Lincoln team in the state tournament on the girls' side. So six of the 16 teams in Omaha are being represented from Lincoln. Very impressive. Very impressive indeed. And why don't we why don't we count Norris then too? They're, yeah, we can count Norris. So seven out of yeah, the sixteen. They're, they're close enough. <laughs> you know, uh so yeah, that that'll be a, a great chance, you know, Norris and, and Lincoln Lutheran been very familiar with each other last couple of weeks, played twice. Uh first one on the road at Lincoln Lutheran, that was a tight one oh game. Norris needed to to come away with the win late in that one. Then they get the home game there at their sub district and they take it a little bit more comfortably three oh. Uh so it'll be interesting, you know, can can Lincoln Lutheran break through? Can anybody really score a goal against this Norris team? Elkhorn North scored one against them. They've had a total of three scored against them all season. Pius with the other two, obviously they won't play them in Class B. So only one goal from a Class B opponent. I mean, Norris has been crazy, crazy dominant, and it might continue. They're they're a great team, and and I I think that they got the chance to you know keep it going and keep up that momentum throughout. And then uh, those games, uh, if I take a look at the bracket, Class B Girls is going on at the time of this recording on Wednesday. Those semis will be on Saturday at noon and 2 p.m. Uh, on the Class B Boys, uh, number one, Omaha Scott takes on number eight, Elkhorn North, and number four, Scott's Bluff takes on number five, Waverly. Elkhorn North getting an upset to get their way here. Absolutely. It's kind of interesting that we get the same 1-8 matchup on both the the boys and girls' side. I I can imagine it might be it might have been a little while since that <laughs> happened. We'll have to we'll have to get our statisticians on that to to figure out. But I mean, Scott comes into this tournament just on an, an absolute roll. Um, a couple losses there to start the year. Gretna, Lexington, and Prep uh, won 14 in a row since. Uh, really, just been that that level of dominance. Only conceded a couple goals there. One to Lincoln Southwest and one to Mount Michael. So, um, expecting them to continue that strength. They beat Elkhorn North 5-0 earlier this year. So. I think they should be in in pretty strong position there in that one to open up with a win and really like that four or five uh scotts bluff waverly you know two teams that have done a great job throughout the year uh waverly really had to fight to get here pretty underrated you know a team that's kind of come together uh, and had really one of the best seasons in program history just to make it there to state be create three two epic in in the shootout there to win their their district championship so that's going to be a I think a great game to watch. Two teams that are very fired up to be in that state tournament field should have some great support there at Morrison as well. Well, you know who always brings a good crowd, and that is Lexington. They are the number two seed, um, and they will be taking on Northwest. And then number three, Bennington, will be facing number six, Mount Michael. Yeah, we've, we've spoken quite a bit just about how hot that Lexington team is. So 
Worth noting, though, you know, they, they played Northwest there in the Central Conference Tournament Championship, a 4-1 win for Lexington over Northwest in that one. But Vikings haven't lost since. They picked up some really big wins, uh, you know, beating some, some really good teams, including some teams in this field as well. Uh, so they'll be strong. They'll be eager to, you know, overturn that, have a more competitive game. But I do think Lexington will probably come away with that one. Uh, but the 3-6 is really, really an even one on paper for me. Uh, Bennington and Mount Michael. Bennington really kind of been there at the top all year. Mount Michael, they have been in the mix. You know, they've had to to work and fight for this spot. But very recently, 2-1 win, Mount Michael over Bennington there in the sub-district B2 tournament. Uh, the Badgers had beaten them 2-0 earlier in the regular season. So love to see, you know, one win go e- each other's way. And, you know, those teams are very familiar with each other. And, you know, you, you always got to think that that third game will be just as good as the first two. Well, those uh, first-round matchups will be going on all day on Thursday with the semis uh, at 5.30 and 7.30 on Saturday night with the championship game on next Tuesday. Uh, That's all the preview for state soccer. If you happen to go down to Morrison Stadium, enjoy it there. It is a great atmosphere, a bunch full, a bunch of great teams that are competing. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And speaking of other great teams competing, we're going to preview tr- state track and field as well as state baseball and all the great athletes that will be competing in Omaha over the next week and a half. You are listening to the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. We'll take a quick break. Come back after this state tournament preview up at welcome back prep extra podcast jeff extra alongside luke mullen and we are in the middle of state tournament preview spring season is coming down to the end and that means state tournaments all around the state including in omaha where we have state track and baseball and luke let's take a look at those we'll start in state track lots of great athletes are competing over the course of those four days Uh, and let's start in class a boys and what happened yesterday because that's when district track took place so we do have our state qualifiers and some of the standouts well we'll go right to lincoln east in the city Sam Capos, who won um, the LPS championships as well, uh, wins um, the shot put with 60 feet and one inch. And Lincoln Southwest's Matt Rink qualifies as well with a throw of 58 feet, um, the two best throw at districts. Absolutely. I mean, worth worth noting, as you said there, uh, you know, we, we had to record our podcast at some point, you know, between these uh, soccer, baseball and track. So sorry to all you class C and D. Uh, district track qualifiers you'll be competing here next couple of days so good luck to all of you uh, but just focusing on a and b here and i got to give a shout out we do have uh, a lot of our district results up on our website journalstar.com but another name that does a great job there in in state track and field big red oval uh they're on twitter they do a great job just compiling all these results so i had to i had to go give it a look to see how some of these different you know districts stacked up against each other and and they're in the shot put those are two guys that I saw they're on the football field in the fall, strong, uh, you know, do a great job in the trenches, but particularly Sam Kapos. I mean, he's going to be a Division One track and field athlete. This is his signature event. And so, yeah, you know, leading the field by two feet already there at districts, super impressive. And, you know, I have a feeling he's going to come up with a really great throw there at state as well. Well, if you want to talk about a guy who can do literally almost anything, it's got to be Jalen Lloyd of Omaha Central. State contender in long jump, triple jump, 
100 meter dash and 200 meter dash four prime events and he is a contender in all of them how, how does he not get tired that's, <laughs> that's, that's a, my question that's a good question get him some energy gels or, <laughs> or something in between those events uh most definitely and you know i i can speak you know he's a great football athlete as well and i know the the level of success you get during a track season really does get a lot of attention on you in terms of football as well so i have no doubt he'll have that there in the fall as well i think in particular his most impressive event might be the long jump uh, top mark there at districts 24 6 next best qualifier there his teammate from omaha central malcolm tanji qualified with 22 8 so again almost two feet further uh, than the second place qualifier there he'll be the heavy favorite in that one as well but yeah, I mean, you, you look at that, uh, you know, 100-meter and 200-meter dash, and he's going to have some great competition to go up against. Yeah, most certainly, and that includes uh, Power 5 recruit uh, Malachi Coleman from Lincoln East. Lloyd ran in the 100-meter dash, ran a 10.43. Malachi Coleman was only 3 tenths of a second off, 10.46. And then Vince Genitone is four tenths off of that. He's from North Platte, 10.5. It is going to be razor-thin margins when those guys go at it uh, over at Burke uh, when come state track comes around. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about three guys running 10.5 or, or less there at districts is super impressive. And even the fourth-place finisher, Jack Ologley from Creighton Prep there, 10.56 in districts, I think in a you know, maybe in a different field, he'd be looking pretty good for the podium there. But those top three guys have just been incredible. And in particular, I mean, Malachi and, and Jaden Lloyd, they'll go at it against each other in the 200 as well. Uh, based on those times in, in the district so far, even closer, Malachi had the top time, 21.31, Jalen Lloyd, 21.32. Uh, so that will be crazy to watch there at state. Uh, third place qualifier from districts, Wesley Okafor. 21.72, so four-tenths of a second slower. You really look at those top two guys, and they're going to be racing against each other in that in that 200 final, no doubt. Well, there is a heavy favorite in the distance runs, and that is Alcorn South, Gabe Heinrichs, as he is the big favorite there. Absolutely. I mean, looking at, again, the qualifying times there from districts, should have a, a pretty good idea. You know, these times aren't going to change a whole ton. You know, obviously you can you can have a great lap. You know, you can run a little bit better. Um, but, you know, the, these players, these athletes are really kind of at their peak right now. So they're in the 800 at districts. Uh, Gabe, Gabe Henrik seated 152 and second place Jack Whitty in 156. So whole four seconds they're separating him from the pack. Um, looking very strong there as well. The the kind of the interesting one for me is the 1600 uh, where he actually finished second of all qualifiers there in districts. Colby Erdkamp from Gretna. Uh, finishing in 421.15 at his district championship, Heinrichs, 422.79. So, you know, it, you know, pretty much a second and a half slower, going to have to step up his game in that one if he wants to win that one. But, uh, you know, you're really looking at him as, as that favorite there in, in the distance. Also the 3200, he's very commanding in that one as well. Should be fun runs there uh, when state track gets underway next week. Let's go down to the Class A girls, Luke, and let's start with Lincoln Pius's Sarah Iberg, a state contender in long jump and triple jump, and she exemplified that uh, at districts. Absolutely, and another one of those multi-sport athletes was the point guard there for the Pius uh, basketball team in the winter. And yeah, does does a great job there on those jumping events. Uh, finished second of all district qualifiers there in the long jump. 18 feet and in the triple jump at 38 uh, so just a, a couple uh, 
feet behind uh, Lademi Davies there for Westside in the long jump. She jumped 19-7, and Lily Kosh in, from Millard South with 38-11 uh, there in the triple jump. So very, very close. You know, I think if there's anything, it's kind of those jumping events where really your takeoff, you know, your launch angle, there's a lot of different factors uh, where I think you can really surprise yourself there at state. So she'll be a name to watch there from Lincoln in contention for, for the podium there in those. Well, all mostly all of the state relays uh, belong to teams in Lincoln. Uh, the Silverhawks uh, top qualifying time in the four by eight in the four by four relay, while Lincoln High leads the four by one. Again, just busy with Lincoln teams right there. Oh, definitely. I mean, those are both two really great, I think, track programs that do a great job. Uh, you know, getting everybody prepared and and ready to run at state. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to seeing Lincoln Southwest. You know, defend those titles there and. And, you know, keep it up there in those relays. And obviously Lincoln High, um, you know, <laughs> there's a reason why they're the, the heavy favorite there in, in the 4 by 100 It's because they have the best sprinter in the whole state. Yep. <laughs> and that is Dehaz Defran. She's committed to Florida State. Heavy favorite in the 100 and 200-meter dash. And her qualifying time in the 100 at districts was 11.6 seconds, a half second faster than second place. Yep, Zakiria Johnson from Omaha Burke finished that in 12.09. Uh, so comparing that to 11.6 is pretty crazy. And you look at the 200 and a little bit close, closer, I guess, but, you know, pretty much the same thing. Again, half a second difference to Haas, 24.11. Lademi Davies from Omaha Westside uh, qualified with 24.64 uh, there at her district championship. So, yeah, DeFrond, obviously the, the heavy favorite. I think she'll have a, a lot of eyeballs on her, a lot of people eager to see her run and see that blazing speed out there on the track one more time. Well, it will also be a very exciting race in the 110-meter hurdles as Lincoln Pius' Kate Campos, who ran a 14.23 in Lincoln Southwest, Jada Rowe, who ran a 14.25, have battled all season long, and then that is all going to come to head at State Track next week. It's going to be very, very exciting. Absolutely. Our Clark Grell, our fearless leader, he was out there at the district track, so he got a chance to talk to both those athletes. There's a, a story up on our website, journalstar.com, for more information about that, that hurdles battle that's been going on all season. And obviously, Campos and Rowe, super impressive there at the top, um, really far ahead, the, ahead of the rest of the field. But also interesting to me, number three and number four finishers there uh, from the district, both both Lincoln kids as well. Uh, Taylor Schuster, Jada Rowe's teammate there at Southwest, uh, she finished in third in the districts, and Laney Songster from Lincoln Northeast, number four qualifying time from uh, the district championships as well. So going to be a stacked Lincoln field there competing in the hurdles. Well, let's uh, talk about uh, Class B boys real quick, Luke. Aurora's Gage Griffith, the expected champ in shot put and discus, both events. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, he's he's one of the top uh, Class B linemen, all state linemen there in the fall. And had to give him a shout-out because his throws have just been on a different level than anybody else in that Class B field. Uh, qualified there uh, in the shot put with 60 feet. Uh, second second closest, uh, Sam Thomas from Elkhorn North, 54. So a uh, huge gap there. And, and in discus as well, uh, even bigger, Griffith throwing uh, 172, Aiden Betts with 161. So uh, a whole 11 feet, I mean, just crazy, uh, super strong guy. Great form there as well. You ex- kind of expect that from alignment uh, who compete in that shot put in discus. They do a great job using their core and, you know, helping that power uh, go through it into those throws. So, yeah, he'll be – if you're looking for somebody to keep your eye on there in those throwing events, he's the one there in Class B. 
And this should also be pretty interesting in the sprints. Waverly's Grant Shear and Bennington's Dylan Mostick, who was the running back for the Badgers State Football Championship team earlier this fall, are the top qualifiers in the 100-meter dash, while Waverly is also expected to compete for the 4x1 and 4x4 relay titles. Yeah, Waverly, they they got some great, great relay teams this year as well. Cole Murray, uh, their their quarterback in the fall, uh, starting guard there in the winter. Uh, he's part of that team as well, great sprinter. Uh, does a great job, but I mean, man, that that hundred meter dash is going to be super fun to watch there in Class B. Uh, Shear his time at districts was ten eight seven. Mostek finished in ten nine five. Cooper Hasman third in eleven flat. And I think Mostek, I think he's coming coming to Nebraska potentially here to sprint and you know run track in in the spring as well for Husker track and field. So there's his chance to go out on a high at the high school level and really set himself up for a great college career as well. Uh, then let's take a, a quick peek at the Class B girls as well. The Stanley sisters out of Syracuse are prime position to medal at the state tournament. Kennedy uh, Stanley, the top qualifier in pole vault, while her younger sister, Camden, is the top qualifier in the long jump. Yeah, I wanted to give them a shout-out, too, because I got the chance to talk to Kennedy a couple of days ago. Um, great athlete. She's been uh, dealing with lupus throughout her entire high school career, which is just crazy. Um, you know, I can't imagine that's something that really drains you of a lot of your energy. So to be a, a high-level athlete, to be out here, uh, you know, competing at the top of her ability is fantastic. Uh, she's a Doan commit, going to play both volleyball and run track and field out there for Doan. So great opportunity for her. Uh, leads that pole vault field by quite a bit. She's jumped 11 feet 6 inches. Uh, next best qualifier there, Savannah Bishop from Elkhorn North, 10 feet 10 inches. So pretty sizable uh, lead for her in that pole vault, whereas in the long jump, uh, her sister Camden, 18-2, right behind her, Taylor Bredhauer, uh, 18-175. And, of course, Bredhauer, she's going to be a name to watch, competing in quite a few different events here at State. Well, then you go down to the 400-meter run, and it's all Elkhorn North. The top three times, all for the Wolves. Uh, Sydney Stoden with a 58.82, Britt Prince a 59.06, and Grace Heaney, a Purdue volleyball commit, with a 59.19. And those, all those runners are all part of the 4x4 uh, relay team that is expected to win as well. Yeah, no, no surprise that you're going to be the favorite there if you've got the top three runners. But Bennington, uh, second-best team in that 4x400 at Districts, uh, they have some great their runners in the 400 as well. But, I mean, shout-out to that Elkhorn North team. They've done a great job. They have contenders um, in a lot of these different events. I mentioned pole vault. Um, you know, the Britt Prince, she'll be uh, running there in the 800 as well. Uh, she's a name to keep an eye on. And, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be a, a great contender in a lot of those different running events. And then to round things out, Beatrice's Morgan Mahoney and Norris's Taylor Bredhauer will compete in the 100 and 200 meter dashes. Yep, those are they. They both had the the top qualifying times for each of those uh, in the 100. Mahoney 12:12, Bredhauer 12:23 there at districts, and in the 200, pretty similar. Uh, Mahoney qualifying in 25:14, Bredhauer in 25:22. So you know, eight, eight, eight tenths of a second. You know, it's doable. Got to run your best race there for Bredhauer. Uh, but Mahoney looking very strong, that top sprinter uh, there to watch so far in the 100 and 200. Yeah, and that's uh, our little preview of state track and field. That is going on next week at Omaha Burke, uh, Class A and D on Wednesday, Thursday, then B and C Friday, Saturday. Is that yep. am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. 
So that will be going on in Omaha. So make sure to go down there and watch some of the top athletes in the state. And you better, you better get there early too yeah. because it's always tough parking. There's a lot of people coming in. All of you experienced uh, track and field veterans, you'll know the drill. It's, uh, it gets pretty crazy up there at Burke. I wish there was just a better facility for state track. Yeah, it is It is tough. I mean, I think the uh, the advantage of Burke is, you know, that the track and, you know, the field events, I think, are they, they're spread out enough. I mean, there's a, a great amount of separation. I mean, it, they do a great job, you know, making sure there's enough room for the teams. I mean, there's a lot of seating. Obviously, it gets pretty full there yeah. um, as well for some of those top events. But, yeah, in, in terms of high school – um, you know, tracks and facilities, they, I think, you know, they're, they're as good as you're going to get. You you think about running that here at Nebraska. Well, you know, they just demolished the outdoor track. Yep. Um, it'd be kind of a bummer to run that into Vanny indoors, which doesn't always have the most seating either for those track events. So, yeah, it is kind of an interesting one that that might be, you know, not, not that it's bad by any means, but mm-hmm. it's, it's the best situation that you've gotten. Even, even with some of the, you know, the headaches, the logistics that you have to deal with there, um, yeah, still a great top-notch event that they run every year. Now, with Nebraska building a new outdoor track, will there be consideration? That'd be interesting. It? Yeah. I, the problem is, I don't know if there's enough seating. Yeah, that that would be the thing. Obviously, the uh, gate revenue is huge yeah. for the NSA. They're at state track, and also, you know, you, you probably have to rent that out from Nebraska yeah. too. Um, parking is is an interesting one. Obviously, they're pretty much on campus, so yeah. It'd be, we, we, you know, we can we can pull the NSA. We can uh, yeah. get our our prep extra podcast influence. And, yes, exactly. <laughs> and see what happens. With I think that. there might be enough parking. Yeah, because you got Devaney right there, and you got a couple of those lots. Then you got the big lot just down by Innovation Campus, which is just right down there. True. Yeah. So I think you could make it work. Yeah, they'd probably have to bring in bleachers of some sort from our seating, but mm-hmm. you never know. Just put our question. Yeah, question yeah, for the heart. future. Yeah, yep. see, exactly. Um, well, enough about track. Let's talk about some baseball, Luke. State Absolutely. baseball begins on Friday. It's your beat. You're going to be there most of the time, uh, splitting your time between Werner Park and uh, the park at UNO, uh, Anderson Field. Uh, let's start in Class A and talk about each matchup. We'll go with the 1-8. Uh, Milled West does get the top overall seed in the Class A state tournament, and they will take on Carney, the number 8 seed. And the 8 seed is not new to Carney. They were at the 8 seed, I believe, the first year that they made it after being a program. Yeah, no, this is a, a really good Class A field. I really like kind of how the matchups ended up breaking down. Um, I think they're they're very close and very even throughout the whole field. Um, obviously, you know, that number one seed, Millard West, I, I've been saying it all year. I think they have the best pitching depth. They have the, the top pitchers there in the entire state. So that's going to give them a, a big edge, you know, having an ace to throw out there, another ace to, you know, come back the next day in their semifinals um, against Carney. So, yeah, I, I expect Millard West to win that one, but I mean I've seen Carney play some really good baseball. Um, you know, just didn't didn't swing the bats there in districts, but they 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 do have the talent throughout the order easily to put up some runs in that one. I'm just gonna need the the pitching to come along too. I mean, I spoke about Millard West pitching, but I mean they're just as good as the plate. They're uh, a really talented team all over, so I expect Millard West to to progress in that one. Then in the 4-5, it is Lincoln East, uh, who won their first district title in over a decade, taking on number 5, Elkhorn South. Yep, and this is a, a huge matchup, great one. I I really like the way that, um, you know, this one has the potential to play out because those are two teams um, who have a lot of talent throughout the order, swing the bat really well. 
uh, you know, have some good pitching as well, but I think really uh, their hitting has been kind of their top top mark all year to lead them to that spot. Very even, as you'd expect in that 4-5 matchup. And we'll we'll get to my state tournament pick here in a, in a couple minutes. Um, but, you know, the, the last couple of weeks I've really had that feeling that it's kind of the top four teams um, in Millard West, Millard South prep, and I'm going to include Lincoln East in that one, uh, to me that really have the quality all over pitching, hitting, fielding, um, just execution that will be able to get them to state. Elkhorn South so close there, right behind. I think I've had them number five in the rankings for like a month now. Um, haven't really moved from that. Um, so they're they're right there. They're so close. But I think Lincoln East has the edge, and I think that they win that that first matchup. Uh, then you get to the 3-6, which I also think is very interesting. Number three, Millard South taking on number six, Lincoln Southeast. Yes, and you're, you're not wrong. It is a very interesting one, um, especially because I think that game has the potential to really kind of be a uh, slug them out, you know, really uh, make sure you get the bats going. And two two teams that have very similar philosophies at times, you know, Greg Geary at Millard South, he's been known for that small ball. Uh, I know Mon- Coach Montana Jones there very well at Southeast, and I know he gets a, a big smile on his face when his guys lay down a, a good bunt, you know, especially <laughs> if it's a, an infield bunt, you know, if it's that good at that level. Uh, so they, they do a great job doing some of the same things, um, you know, the, the right ways and making sure they're, they're doing the, um, you know, the proper execution that they need to. And that Southeast team really been hot the last couple uh, months, last couple weeks. Uh, they've been doing a great job, and obviously their their strength is hitting, their strength is offense. Millard South, they have some uh, some great pitchers as well, but I'd say it's the same way. Uh, all, all state, super state shortstop Cam Kojal, a couple other big returners right there. So for me, if there's any game that that has the potential to go either way, obviously I mentioned the East, Elkhorn South. Those mm-hmm. two teams are so close, but. I think Southeast could definitely run away with that one if uh, if the bats are on as they have been. Both teams have cl- played close to or over 30 games, and they have not played each other. This yeah. is the first meeting of the season, which yeah. makes this even more interesting. And it, it is interesting, too, because I've seen Millard South against East, saw them against Southwest, too, uh, two of those other top Lincoln teams that they've had the chance to compete with. So, yeah, new new look, you know, new team that you might not be familiar with, a lot of different variables. And then to round things out in the two versus seven, number two Creighton Prep takes on rival number seven Omaha Westside. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you know, shout out to the Junior Jays and the Warrior fans seeing each other there in, in state basketball, state soccer, and now state baseball. So <laughs> it's been a, a crazy couple months, I think, for that rivalry matchup uh, for those teams. And man, I, I expect a pretty good one here at state. Um, you know, Westside, they've they've been a little up and down throughout the year, uh, but played prep very close there, um, you know, there at the end of March. It was a 7-3 prep win. But, yeah, that, that Westside team, they got, they got a great, um, you know, key hitter in that lineup, Dalton Bargo. I think he's hitting over 500. Um, Missouri commit, he does a great job. And Lincoln East, they, they did a good job shutting him down there on Saturday. Uh, so, to me, that's going to be the key because if prep can – Slow down Bargo. I mean, there's a, there's other great hitters in that West Side lineup, but that's a guy right there who can single handedly, you know, drive in three four runs, um, really turn the tide of a game. Um, and and Prep will need to shut him down. Thomas Leiden, their their top guy. I think he might throw in that opening round one. Um, Coach Pat Mooney, he knows how to manage those arms. Knows the rest days, the pitch counts. I'm sure he's all got them uh, pretty much in his in his memory memorized at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I expect to see Prep throw out their top guy there. 
uh, and, and I'd say that they come away with the win in that one. Well, you broke us down these opening round matchups, Luke. Let's go a couple steps further. Who is your pick to win the Class A state tournament? Absolutely. Well, as I said, I think it's those those top four teams, those top four seeds. Uh, they they've kind of been at the top of my rankings all season, uh, just in terms of pure talent. Um, you know, they're, they're the ones that I expect to be up there, and it it's a tough one to pick. Uh, I really like Millard West, as I mentioned. Pitching goes a really long way at these tournaments, and they do have the quality. Uh, they they have the talent, the depth to get it done. Millard South, to me, is probably the team that might have the highest offensive ceiling. I could easily see them, you know, drilling 15 runs against any team. I mean, that's just how good how good these kids are. They play great, uh, well-executed team baseball, hit for singles, uh, don't make a lot of errors. But if there's any team for me that can combine the hitting, the pitching, and the execution, it's prep. Uh, they're going to be my pick there to win Class A. As I mentioned, I think they, they have great pitching depth, um, a couple different starters that go out there. And in the field, they're phenomenal. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They make the right plays, um, you know, execute very well. And particularly at the plate, uh, you know, they, they just stand out on a different level than anybody else I've seen all year. One to nine, really no easy outs. A ton of guys who can hit for power, uh, hit hit to all fields, really place it well. I mentioned to you, Jeff, before we started, uh, seven of their nine uh, starters there hitting over 300. Eight, eight of their starters, 20 or more RBIs on the year. So that prep team is dangerous all over. Uh, you know, they, they've been absent from state from a couple of years now. But as I mentioned, Coach Mooney knows, knows what it takes to get it done, knows how to manage this roster, get those guys playing great baseball. And to me, they, they get it done. They, they take Class A state. There it is. Luke officially selects Creighton Prep in the state tournament preview and let's now go look at class b luke uh, we'll start with the first round matchups first the one eight uh norris the top seed taking on number eight waverly it's a rivalry matchup yeah. there another another big one and one that i i didn't say i could see it coming a couple of weeks ago obviously that waverly team had to go through a crazy run just to get to this point but they got they got some great uh, uh talent you know i i think the the challenge for them will be that they just had to throw Angle to win the district final, um, so I believe he'll have to rest. Uh, I think he, he threw like 110 pitches, so I think he'll have to rest uh, that first opening round game and potentially be available uh, for the second one. Worth noting, I think, you know, that they switched up the state tournament format slightly this year uh, so that Class A, they start on Friday, play all their games all day, and Class B will start on Saturday, uh, both those different uh Format's coming back there on Monday, so some some nice rest that you get to pick up for these teams, um, particularly if you're throwing that top your top guy on that first day. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think you know I, I don't have the pitch count um, thing in front of me, but if they did want to throw Angle, I think they could probably throw him for 60, 60 pitches probably on four days rest there in that one. So a lot of a lot of different factors for these coaches, you know, to worry about. Obviously, if you're the number eight seed, you really gotta get out of that first round matchup you can't play favorites too much so Norris they they got I think three really good really solid starting pitchers um, and I think that'll help them kind of ease some of those troubles of the first round game well they uh, the winner of that one will take on the winner of number four Central City taking on the defending state champion and that is number five Beatrice yeah really really good uh, four or five matchup in this one Um, you know a couple Division one players um, potentially matching up there. Not sure what that first round opening matchup will be, but 
Uh, Central City, they got North Dakota State commit Kale Jensen, uh, probably top bat there in Class B. I think he's hit five, over 500 the last couple of years. Um, absolutely mashes the ball. And a lot, a lot of other talent on that Central City team. Carter Noakes, he's another guy uh, that, that goes both ways, hitting and pitching, um, doing a great job. Versus Beatrice, uh, their top guy, Nebraska commit Tucker Timmerman, um, really did a great job last year as kind of their closer um, when they had a bunch of really talented starting pitchers. Well, this year he's just come in. He's been an ace. He's been lights out. Um, one of the, the leaders in home runs there in Class B as well. Uh, so he'll be the guy to watch. Uh, for me, the, this this game's kind of a coin flip. I really mm-hmm. I really do not know which way it's going to go because Beatrice, they, they've had the the potential throughout their lineup, you know, to score 10 runs to be that team, but so has Central City. So if I had to pick, you know, I'm going to say this game's going to go like 7-6, you know, 8-7, something pretty high scoring, even with these great pitchers. Uh, but I, I think Beatrice gets it done with that state tournament experience. And then we go down to the bottom side of the bracket. Number three, Elkhorn North takes on number six, Omaha Gross. Yeah, and Elkhorn North, congrats to them. First appearance at the state baseball tournament. Only second year of the yes. program, so <laughs> not like they've been uh, missing out for a very long time. But, you know, a great, great, talented uh, baseball district there at Elkhorn. All three of their high schools making the state baseball tournament. So congrats to the whole Elkhorn community. And I think that that Elkhorn North team has the potential to do some real damage. Um, you know, they, they they hit throughout the entire lineup. Got some great power bats there in the middle. Uh, Division one pitcher Ryan Harahill going to Nebraska, so he'll be a guy that can single handedly win them games. I know all the other Class B coaches I talk to, they they think he might be the best arm there in Class B. Mm. Uh, certainly one of the top five. So he's going to be a danger. That's a, a really good gross team as well. Uh, recent Division one commit Connor Capice there at catcher. Um, have, have a couple other great bats throughout the order, but I think Elkhorn North has more overall depth and, and talented bats throughout the order to to get him past Gross in that first-round game. And then the winner of that one will take on the winner of our 2-7, which is Omaha Scott taking on number 7, Elkhorn. Well, if I'm gonna, if we're going to say upset alert for anything, I think we got to look at this 2-7 matchup just because Elkhorn's been hot. You know, Scott, they lose that district championship to... Waverly, which admittedly it wasn't one that they needed to win. The pressure wasn't on them. I, you know, I'm sure subconsciously they knew that they'd probably be at state anyway. But I mean, the Elkhorn team has just been fighting for their season the last couple of weeks. Um, I think they've won. Let's see, what is that? Thirteen of their last sixteen games there to end the year, beating quite a few Class A opponents. They beat Waverly. They beat Norris. Uh, they beat Mount Michael. Uh, beat Hastings. A lot of these other teams beat Gross. A lot of these great Class B teams, you know, some of those other state tournament qualifiers um, played Elkhorn North close, lost to Elkhorn North 3-1 was one of their losses in that streak. So, yeah, this this Elkhorn team is playing great, great baseball. Uh, Ben Ayala, Creighton commit, kind of their top arm there on the mound. I think he had to pitch in that district championship as well. So he might be out for that first-round game. But, I mean, that's a a great Elkhorn team. I think Coach Kyle McCray, he does a great job uh, getting these guys ready to play. So, yeah, that's that's going to be my, my call for the opening round upset, Elkhorn over Scott. Ooh, big upset there. So that leads me, of course, to ask, who is your state champion pick, Luke? Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, you know, really, even though I just said Scott's going to lose that first-round game, I think they have the talent to win it all. And really, I, I look back to last year, um, Norris had a, an opening round loss and fought all the way back to make the championship game, ended up falling to Beatrice in that one. So it's certainly doable if you are one of those top seeds and 
you know, you, you get upset early on, you can fight your way out of the, the loser's bracket. So I think Scott has the chance to do that. Um, but for me, I think a team that has an even greater chance is Elkhorn North. As I mentioned, Hara Hill, um, you know, great hitting throughout the order, uh, a team that's really started to believe in themselves um, this year. And I, I, to me, they just have the mark of a team that can just get hot, you know, can score, you know, 10, 8, 10 runs, you know, a couple games in a row. So Elkhorn North, I, I think, has a very good chance of being in the final. But my pick there, it's going to be the top seed, Norris. Um, last year, I thought they probably were most talented team in Class B. Was it good enough? Beatrice pitching staff shut them down when they needed to. This year, I think they're, again, most talented, uh, you know, m- most depth, perhaps, of any team in Class B. And I think... Uh, I think I think they have what it takes to get it done this year. Um, really, you know, seeing them and seeing how they hit one to nine in their order, um, it is really difficult for opponents to stop them. You have uh, uh, a couple different power bats there in the middle, particularly Kale Fountain, uh, Florida State commit, set the Class B single season record for home runs this year. Which, admittedly, that uh, Hickman ball field there is is pretty small uh, with its corners, but. I think you can hit him out of Warner. Yeah. He can hit him out of Anderson. It doesn't matter where where they're playing. He can hit those home runs, and he's a stud pitcher there on the mound. He'll he'll start for him too. Are coming in relief, um, Colton Wallstrom and and Kale Consbrook, two of those other top guys there for Norris. And after a lot of heartbreak, you know, just throughout that entire school community, they've had a lot of, and I mean a lot of runner up finishes in the last five or so years. Finished runner up in baseball last year, I think. This team, they've had their eyes on it all year. They've got some great senior leadership, and I, I think Norris gets it done this time around. There it is. Luke's picks in Class A. It is Creighton Prep, and in Class B, Luke is predicting Norris to take home the titles. And that's going to put a cherry on top of this state tournament preview episode of the Prep Extra podcast. I know it was a lot, but we thank you uh, for joining us uh, this week in uh, previewing all these great state tournaments with a bunch of great athletes competing on the biggest stage, state baseball kicks off on Friday and will go until the ensuing Friday. Uh, so a week full of state baseball. Uh, and that brings uh, Luke. Um, I know you'll be out there covering uh, both tournaments. Uh, any idea where you're going to be at this weekend? Absolutely. Well, stick with me for the entirety of Friday and Saturday. I think I'll be at, at most of those different Class A and, and Class B events. Obviously, I'll be following the Lincoln teams, Lincoln East and Southeast there in the the Class A field throughout. We'll see if that's in the winner's bracket or the loser's bracket. Um, always, I feel like, some interesting results. And, yeah, I, I think I'll be sticking with Class A for most of it, but I'll keep an eye on, on all the results, and, and we'll see what, what happens. Should be a, a fun couple days and a week of baseball. Uh, a lot of great teams, and really really a shame that we're getting to this point in the year where we gotta we got to eliminate seven yeah. of them. Only one, only one gets to, to host that championship trophy. Multiple state champs will be crowned over the next week. State soccer's going on. State track uh, next week. Baseball starts Friday. Make sure to head to journalstart.com to check out all of those ratings, recaps, features, whatever you need to know to get you ready for all of these state tournaments and make sure to follow at prep extra on twitter as well as luke in all of his coverage at l mullen seven and you can follow myself as well at x underscore on 
underscore sports. That's going to wrap things up on this episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. And I think we might have one more to recap all this state tournament um, occurrences. Um, so it's going to be a busy stretch until next week. I'll be graduating, so that's busy this weekend. Congratulations! Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. So it is a busy couple weeks, um, and we hope you can all enjoy uh, all the state tournaments uh, as they occur over the next week. From Luke Mullen, I have been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening to the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. And now I can finally say it. Go out and enjoy some state tournament action.